So I made some decisions the last couple days based off of reality, my reality. And uh, I don't have family to help. And I don't have that help to have surgery. And without having surgery, I realize what I'm facing. And it's my reality. I have options, one option. And I took this week to just really look into everything. Um, my specialist who's helping the best they can with the pain, but understanding as well when they all got on conference call and went over my case and what I'm facing is they said, this is your near future. Let's talk future now because this stuff's getting, it's progressing at this point quicker now. We went back 10 years where I was. I wasn't through palliative care, which is goes hand in hand with hospice. I wasn't contracted. I wasn't under pain management. I wasn't under palliative care. Um, I didn't have uh, before oncology treatments. I never was under oncology. Um, never had oncology treatments before, but I wasn't in the situation where I was at um, when I walked in oncology you know, under specialist care. But I realized I'm in this strange predicament, but I took time past three days really thinking about it, like, is it really a strange predicament? I mean, sometimes we should not continue behavior no matter if your family, village, community, whatever situation is, La Familia, whatever, we shouldn't continue generational behavior. We should be supportive and there for family, a hundred billion percent. But I realized I have estrangement and I had a specialist concern that if I did not have that help and understanding to oncology, you can't expect for us to trust because we're not seeing, we're continuing to not seeing that help. And then I had talked to two of my friends. I met someone over the past three weeks that it's ironic how many things that he's gone through. And it was nice to be able to say after a week, listen, I want to be a straight shooter with you. I want to be honest. And if it scares you, that's fine. I understand. Um, he's looking more for long-term companionship relationship. And I told him, I don't know if I can give that to you, but we're starting off on a friend level. But I actually met him through my friend Zeke, and he's a good friend of his. And it was very, very surreal things he told me. Um, his mom passed away of ovarian cancer. He has one sibling, an older brother. This is not a lie. My last dying breath, this is the truth. And I don't know if he crossed my path home. Maybe, and he said, I think we crossed paths for a reason. I may be able to help you. I said, oh, I think we'll help each other. And uh, we text, talk to each other and Skype. We have over the past week a lot. And questions I asked for him. I said, did your mom ever look into death with dignity, dying with dignity? And he said, no, I never looked at that because where I'm at, it's not offered. I said, cool. okay, I'm asking because I was. Um, I told him about my own journey with ovarian, similar to his mom and my oncology journey and how things didn't work and where I'm at now, and I was a straight shooter. And the 
nice part was and the amazing part was, and maybe I'm just not used to good souls and good people because I was still in that toxic circle and I'm feeding all my energy, my energy to people that didn't deserve my energy, you know? And I needed to feed it into the doors that the Lord opens. And I realized I have to do that. And I got signs. I always come, I always run into signs when I entertain back into that same toxic cycle of people, circle of people. I always get signs and I realize there's got to be signs from my loved ones in heaven because it would make any, no other sense any other way. Um, his dad, which he said is hard to talk about, um, his dad committed suicide. He had severe neuropathy. I can't think of the terminology. I'd have to text him asking him. Um, severe neuropathy, something another. The pain got so bad that he said nothing was working. And he was under pain management. It got to the point it stopped working. And he took his own life because the pain got to be that bad. We talked about it last night. I asked him, I said, did you ever look into, did your dad ever look into that option? Or was he given an option? He said, nobody ever talked about that option. Um, dying with dignity, dying with dignity. Um, and he said, I didn't really even know much about it. I think I heard about it a couple of times, as he said, but I really, my parents didn't know about it. As he said, I have no, I'm sorry, but I don't have any immediate family. And I hope that doesn't sway us continuing to bond and build, you know, where we're at. And I said, no. You know, I'm not, a, no, I've been through the hard times in life, some serious, downright cruel times in life. I've dealt with abandonment, neglect. I've dealt with abuse. Um, I've dealt with toxicity, dysfunction. I told him I'm not going to judge anybody, especially when you're going through a hard time. If anything, I hope what I've gone through and my wisdom can help you. We bounce a lot of things off of each other, but it was one important thing that he said he's never, ever recalled his parents talking about. He said the bad thing is when my parents, my mom was sick with ovarian cancer, she went through similar treatments like you did. She maxed them out. She went through another type of treatment. Um, I've never heard of it, but it's been years ago when she passed. I think he said it was, what, nine years ago. Um, then it came back, he said. And he said she ended up fighting it. They changed things up. And she passed from secondary complications. But he said it was due to the tumor. Um, his father, he said during this time, he said my brother was not helping. Uh, my brother would argue with me. He said, I realized, he said, much like yourself, you went through therapy. He said, I went through my therapy and I was told to, wouldn't do any good talking to my brother. It doesn't do any good, so don't bother or try anymore. He said, I try to work things out. And he said, it just made things worse. He said, he wasn't there and he wasn't helping me. And he said, he'd always fault me for everything. He said, my dad ended up committing suicide. And this was just last year. I was glad as I told him that you're comfortable enough to talk to me about it. Um, we don't talk about the podcast. This podcast is for me. I don't bring that up. Um, but this is really for everybody, for people going through similar things, to know you're not alone, although we're not in the same journey, but to know you're not alone. But wisdom and new things I go through in my life, if I feel it's damn important enough, I'm going to share it. And um, dying with dignity is because... I was given that option and we talked about it through my specialists. And now I'm at the point where I'm gonna talk about it because this is the truth. Um, I've made a decision that it's for my best decision because I don't have the family, they're estranged, to help with what it's gonna take with hospital stays, with the surgery, with equipment. We have to, as my specialists say, when 
I saw in last is we have to tinker. The, the company's going to have to alter things. You're going to end up going back and forth to get things right. And it's not even 100% guarantee. But if it does work, this is going to cut 90% of the pain. But I don't have, as I told them, I don't have that help. And that's a lot, a tall order to ask any friend because they're going to have to literally go back and forth or stay within state up to three weeks, if not longer. And then you're talking months to tinker this stuff, you know, the equipment, go back and forth. I don't entertain asking anymore, trying. I just know a position that I'm in and I have to make the best decision for me. Um, Death with dignity. I was given the information after the, sorry, I was waiting for Teddy to act up with Lucky, a kitty cat. He, he is Henri right now. He's in that mood, a playful mood. He gets a little too, little too happy playing. They don't like that. But uh, during my specialist, when they had the phone um, conference and we're talking about my case and we needed to be honest to where I'm heading in my future and knowing that the pain's going to get worse and we're now at nine pills. I just picked up more medicine yesterday. We changed the dosage. Now we increased it. We're still at nine pills, but now we're at a higher dose. Uh, last night was hard to sleep. Went to this morning, had to wake up, take more meds. Things are getting worse quickly. And um, I'm realizing it's getting later in the day when I finally have the pain under control enough to where I can get out of the house. I'm still walking snoring once a day and getting myself out to run errands, things I need to do, and to getting some air, but I'm on limited time. Uh, this is all the truth, so help me God. It's not a joke. This is an email. I'm going back and forth with the state of Oregon because the state of Oregon, at Oregon in 2022 went through a bill and passed to where there's no residency restrictions, excuse me, no residency restrictions for death with dignity, meaning a patient like myself, when we're referred through our specialist as an option, which I have been, um, we can go to Oregon and we can, what's going to happen is, and probably going to be another podcast because it's a process. It's not something that can happen right away. And this is why we're starting it now because my specialists have to transfer care and my records and that over to specialists in Oregon that will work with me and take over because it has to be physicians within the state. Um, non-residency requirements means I don't have to be a res- resident of the state of Oregon. Um, I pass everything else. Uh, there's no other options for me. I'm now under palliative care. I am contracted under pain management and I say contracted, you're contracted. And um, the end result is death because there's nothing left. Um, they usually, as they said, six months when a specialist or physician feels that there could be complications that could compromise someone's life within six months or less. Um, that is also, I fall under that, under that. So I meet all the requirements. But the main thing is, is when I looked into it, every other state requires you to be a resident of their state with death with, the, death with dignity. And Oregon's the only um, state that doesn't. So I talked to the person I'm talking to now um, regarding, and um, I told him this is something I've decided. And he got quiet texting, and I'm thinking, okay, it's okay to be scared. You know, if you want to run or whatever, it's, it's fine. And he responded back, and he said, I wish my parents had that option. And I totally respect where you're coming from, and you don't scare me. You know, I'll be here for you, and I know you don't know me 100%. 
but we have so much in common. Um, he like he actually and it's strange too. I'll put a picture. This is Macy. Um, this is his new fur baby. And I told him, she looks like a long-haired white German Shepherd. He said she actually is. And she's so calm and quiet. She's two years old. And I told him she would make a great companion with Snorio. I have so many things that I have to prepare with an attorney. Um, but people asking, how would you travel to Oregon? I would not fly. I would be taking Snorio with me. Um, I have made this decision and I'm sticking my, by, by my decision. I've known about this option for a little while now. I've just had to really take it seriously when I knew, when I went to and met with my hospital specialist this month of how serious things are getting and progressing. And I knew I'm in a situation, I don't want to die in horrible pain. Because as I said, you, you may end up really suffering. This gives me an option. It's really up to the patient. There are also advocates, advocacy, you know what I'm saying. There's groups and organizations that help you through the process as well, a compassion, a right to die with compassion. Um, but death with dignity is not in every state in the United States. I don't know why. There shouldn't be residency restrictions, but there are. Uh, Oregon's the only state it's not. I would fly to Oregon. I would take story with me. And uh, you have physicians. I believe there's two physicians that work with you. It could be more. Uh, you have to have therapy, a psychologist that um, has already went through how this works and you're under care and you're psychologically in sound mind to make your own decisions. I already have a therapist in that, so I'm already okay there. I've passed all the requirements. It would just take me flying to Oregon. And um, The thing is, is you're not forced and I don't consider it, I know a lot of people that are Catholic are going to say that's a form of suicide. It's not. And anybody who's going to sh come down hard on me and say that's just not a right, you know, um, decision in that, you're not in my place in shoes and you're not taking all the stuff that I am and how miserable you are. And the quality of life's just not there anymore. You're not in my position. I'll respect your judgment, but I'm not going to listen to tolerate it. This is my right and decision. Um, I really wasn't versed in any of this, but it's a decision I've made um, this week, and I solidified it and validated it with just um, connecting with someone. Ironically, I really believe we were meant to connect. Uh, it can't get any more ironic. We have so much in common, and um, him telling me how his dad suffered and took his own life. If he would knew about death with dignity in Oregon, the thing is, is uh, he said with that state legislation, and he texted me today a little bit ago and said I did look into that. And that last year, 2022, they made it non-residency. He's like, I don't know if my dad would have qualified because it was a very fine timeline when things were the way they were, and he would have been able to go. And the thing is, he said he was in so much pain. I don't know if he would have been able to get on that plane. See, I don't want to be in that position where I'm. Um, in that much pain that I can't get on that plane. So really, when I go to Oregon, I mean, Snorio goes up to me. I'll be prescribed. It's a mixture of medicine. Uh, they go over all that with you. I'll be fully, I mean, I've already educated myself on everything. I have an organization that I go back and forth with that has given me a lot of information. And um, I have someone that I can call if I have additional information, a go-to contact. I'll talk to my specialist 
when I have my appointment next month and I have to tell them, listen, I don't have who I need. I don't need, the, I don't have the help and support. That medical equipment is another situation surgically that I've been in over a decade where I've either had to cancel surgeries, I've had to back them up because of behavior from others that was not okay. And it affected my health. It affected important surgeries and it's medically documented. Eric was one of those people that was doing that. Not okay. But this is a decision I've made. It's not a joke. But I want people to understand that there are options. Um, hospice, because I know people, a lot of people say, well, what about going into hospice when you get closer to that time? Okay, hospice is the same position I'm at, okay? They're gonna use the same drugs and things and when you have a condition that is fighting, the medication is supposed to help you be comfortable. As I was told, that can be a painful, horrible death. I was given a link from an organization that I connect to, or I connect with now, it's my go-to contact. And she gave me some stories of how that plays out. When you're in a position like I am, and your body is not absorbing, and things aren't working right with pain management, and your pain gets worse and worse, and you suffer, and you go into a hospice, um, you continue palliative care, and you just get additional help from hospice, and patients still suffer a horrible death. I will not be one of those patients, period. Death with dignity allows the patient to work with two physicians, which be in state and Oregon. They will prescribe a certain type of mixture of medicine. It's in a little pouch. Um, patients, as I was told, keep it with them. You know, have to make sure nobody gets all this medicine because you are legally bound, but make sure, you know, you can get criminal charges to make it all this medicine um, for obvious reasons. And then when a patient's comfortable, they take the medicine. Um, it puts them in a sleep. As I was told, they don't feel anything. Um, it's not like hospice where it's just a slow, slow decline and you're suffering and I'm not going to go that route because I've seen loved ones suffer. I am not going to be one of those people. I've heard of suffering. I don't want to be one of those people. And like I said, I'm not going to. Um, but I, I don't think it was fair for my friend's dad to not have that option. He had to commit suicide because the pain management wasn't working and he was suffering. And he couldn't handle it anymore. As he said, he couldn't handle it. And nobody said fault him. But it was an instant suicide. I didn't ask. I think we can all pretty much assume it was probably a gunshot wound or something along those lines. Um, I don't want to be in that position. But this is the option I have. And this is the option I decided. And it's the most humane way and respectful way and a gift I can give myself that I won't have to suffer and struggle because I'm not going to. Um, Snorri will go with me. If people are asking about your fur kids and that, I'm already in that process of finding those that be to take over. Uh, this week, I have been just going through things when medicine hits and I can, you know, move around really well in that. And uh, I've just been going through totes and that. I have some furniture and that. I had to call the garbage company that picks up our garbage. And it's like, as they said, one piece of furniture per week. So I already have scheduled um, this weekend to put one piece of furniture out. And then next week I have another piece of furniture. I'm not having a garage sale. I think that's just too much. I don't have the energy and I'm just not going to do it. Um, I'm enjoying my life now. 
And this is what I say about Eric, things that he's done. If he thought I was going to continue to deal with financial abuse or anything else, I'm not. Um, I've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I think some people, the cycle has to stop. I agree with one person who talked to me yesterday. The cycle has to stop. You're not the first one that this has happened to, but the cycle has to stop. People have to realize that that behavior can't continue because if you allow it, you're enabling it and it continues to somebody else. And I'm an empath and I don't want to see any other woman go through what I have, especially someone who literally abuses you with finances and deposits money and then will in a cruel manner. And this is not the first time, the second time or third time. And then we'll just wipe out the whole account as punishment. People need to face the criminal consequences when they do things that are not okay and they're abusive, period. I have other paperwork I have to do tonight and I'll be putting that in the mail. I don't care what time it is. I'm not, no more chances. I don't save anybody anymore, you know? My time is valuable. It's precious time and I respect my time. I've made decisions accordingly out of self-respect and self-love for myself. But one thing's for certain, I'm not gonna have anybody abuse anything regarding with me at all. I will not take any abuse, period. But most importantly, I don't want to be that patient in the life and suffering because I've heard enough. And now connecting with somebody else, um, I probably won't be able to provide him a long-term relationship if that's where we go. And I told him that. But as they said, I'm fine where we're at now. Don't feel like I'm rushing or pushing into a relationship. We have so much in common now that I think we're just, and I told him we're helping one another. As he said, you're bringing me closure and I'm bringing you peace. And that's the start of a darn good friendship. But this is the decision I've made. And uh, it's the truth. Um, Snorio last night was really sick. I started getting really concerned and I'm like, man, you know, it's just things are going strange. I don't know. Um, Maybe things are happening the way they happen. I don't know. Um, he has heart problems, and his heart situation, we'll just say, was really acted up last night. Um, my veterinarian was like, if you can video, and I thought, here we go. This is how, with Baby Blue, with epilepsy, with a neurologist, videoed videos so they can see her seizures how bad they were I was videoing him last night when his heart just was racing 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 and it took a while it was about 15 minutes too long to get his heart and watching his heart and just calming and you know and um, he was laying down in that and getting to where he could focus and uh, it was scary because I really thought I was gonna lose him last night you know, it's just scary, and I'm thinking, you know, is this all for a reason? You know, there's so much death I've experienced, and now I have my best boy, my companion, my sidekick, my, you know, he's been there for me, or people haven't. My pets have always been there. They have never faltered. People have failed. Pets and animals never faltered. This is my whole life. But uh, his stuff with his health, I have to get an appointment to the vet. But, um, you know, this is things like I tell Eric. This is where the money, the 3000 you agreed, when there's medical necessities with the pets and you're leaving me 13 cents in a bank account and you're spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars, you're using Cash App, you're sending money to Jojo Moore, J-O-J-O-M-O-O-R. If people think I'm joking, I'm not. I was flagged about this through Squared Up. You're sending these girls in their 20s money. You're sending them our money. This is marital money. 
if you thought I was going to let you get away with this for the rest of my life, you're sadly mistaken. Now you're going to have to pay for your consequences and your actions. And I don't feel sorry for you one bit. But women, you got to take a stand and respect yourself because I'm not the first on the rodeo to deal with this. But that's money he's given that could go towards Snorio and help him out. I'll do what I have to do and get the money where I have to get the money because my fur babies are my everything. I take care of them just like I would human kids. But this stuff shouldn't be happening. And if people say I should be focusing on life right now, you're right. And that's damn straight what I'm going to be doing. This is a time in my life and season. I'm going to be damn selfish. And I'm going to protect myself legally. Period. I don't save anybody anymore. And I don't feel sorry for you either. You made your bet in it. Now you're going to have to lie in every single one.